From the backwoods and the swamp waters of the Sunshine State, and all across America and the world, this is The Big and Wild Outdoors. With your host, Braden Gunn, Jonathan Swindle, and Glenn Kinman. Clack, clack, clack. Yeah. Welcome back, everybody. It is the Big and Wild Outdoors, hour number three. Uh, Glenn is not here. Bill George is out in Pennsylvania. He said he was going to call, so we'll see. So it's me. It's Raymond the heavyweights. Guy. It's Jonathan. The and, super heavyweights. And little Barty. He's over there enjoying a nice cup of tea. Yes. It's wonderful. You got nice. some tea in there. Mm-hmm. It's wonderful. It looks smells lovely. Got a little old gray in there. Mm-hmm. A spot of tea. Spot, yeah. He's got a cup. Yeah, cup of Lipton. <laughs> cup of Lipton. <laughs> yeah, cup of Lipton. You wanker. Yeah. All right. Well, welcome in everybody. If you want to give us a call, you know you're welcome to eight 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 four zero four ten ten. That's triple eight four zero four ten ten. We talked about it in the first hour, so we got to talk about it in the third hour. Panfish challenge coming up soon, June fifteenth. If you have not registered your boat, you need to do it. As soon as possible. 25 bucks is all it's going to cost you to get in there and go out and have a great, wonderful day up at uh, Panavista We're calling Lodge. you out. Come get some. Yeah, up there on Lake Panasovki. It's an hour north of Tampa, so you got plenty of time to uh, make your plans. But if you're planning on staying, <clears throat> if you're going to get a cabin or anything like that, you need to... Uh, call now. Call now because... They no, are literally, rap- call now. They're rapidly <laughs> filling up. As a matter of fact, I got the uh, I got the cabin shuffled this past week. I talked to Mr. Jim and uh, confirmed that I was going to come up and that you guys were coming up. Yep. And he's, I said, uh, yeah. He said, well, are you coming by yourself, just you and the kids again? And I said, well, uh, my brother's coming with his wife and kids and all that stuff. He goes, well, then I'll just move you over to uh, another cabin over by my mom's house over there, and you can stay there. It's got two bedrooms and blah, 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 and everything else. And I was like... As long as he's got an AC and TV, I'm all good. I don't care. It's a whatever. Because most of the time, we don't spend time in the cabins I, while we're up there yeah, anyway. I don't, so, I don't care about the TV too much. It's going to be out yeah. pan, pan fishing. I went. I got to go get me some more of those little octopus hooks, octopus circle hooks. I got some. You did? Oh, yeah. Sweet. What size are you suggesting? The number 10s? Micros, dude. As small as you can get. Yeah, because I got the number 10s. Tiny little baby ones. Yeah. I didn't even know those hooks existed until Bart called me and said, dude, have you tried these little panfish circle hooks yet? And I was like, panfish what? Yeah. No. Oh. And he goes, yeah, man, you got to try them because Jay hooks, we talked about it a little bit, yeah. you know, last week. If you're going to keep the fish, I'm not a big of a proponent of Jay hooks. If you're going to do catch and release, I would suggest a circle hook more on that end. Yeah. But for panfish, you know. Sometimes you know they get it, you know, way down past the gills, and that's it. You're end up cutting it, and you know it's whatever. But if a circle hook, yeah, you want to make sure that your uh, that your youngins are catching. Put a circle hook and a little bit heavier bobber on there, and the and the fish will set itself. Well, I, sa- I was fixed to say, and are you a spam fisherman like he is? Uh, yeah, but I'm also one of those guys that'll dig around and find some grubs in the, in the woods and stuff. Well, so I thought about you the other day because when I was sitting up there, at the why woods, wouldn't he be a spam fisherman like me? Why I are you trying to call kn- brother out? I didn't know. Sometimes we're brother, brothers. Why we're, would he not? You? Well, okay. Well, sometimes siblings <laughs> exp- don't do the same thing. Yeah, I mean. I've, I've expanded on it. Did you know that if you actually use cook spam, it stays on the hook longer? It well, does because there's a crust on there. What I was going to say is, is there was a, and I don't know what this tool was he was using, but I swear it looked like a micro melon ball scoop. 
and that's what he was using what to. A brilliant idea. That's Sirius's heart attack. They were catching, they were pan fishing and stuff, and he they had a can of spam, and it looked like somebody that obviously listens to the show. He was digging out. <laughs> The, seriously, they were digging it out. Well, look, like like I said, it looks like those old school melon ball yeah. scoops that you could buy that has the big one. one on one end and the little one on the other end, and that's how they were doing it. And I mean, they were. Where putting, can you get one that small? Man? They were putting it on that circle hook, and it was the hook was dis, the hook disappeared. Yeah, that's that's the beautiful part of. Uh, I got this because I always cut mine up. On a circle hook, which you're I'm welcome, using. and I want ten percent. No, I mean, the circle hook one would be better for the round ones, but for a J hook, you want to use uh, like a pyramid shape because that way you can stick it straight down over the barb, and the point is up. And the good thing about spam is, as I, I alluded know. to on with, the show, with the show is, I was watching, the dude could not bait the hook fast enough because every time they hit it, they were caught. It was on a TV show. Yeah, sucker. It was one of them little panfish. Whatever shows. I stole our idea, man. The life hack. The life hack on the melon baller. Cigar cutter. What? Just a little, little cigar cutter and a toothpick. Pop it right out. You're crazy. That's not gonna work. And then what you do is you just do some prep ahead of time. You know. Just oh, beep, 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 no, he does you that. A little Ziploc bag full of already. Oh, here we out. go. There you go, man. Done. Anyway, the reason why you use the spam and you use it that small is because that way they're not nibbling on it. Yeah, they're they they're get very comp- brim panfish are competitive. Aggressive. They see it, they're going to go and get it before Charlie gets his uh, mitts little man on it. syndrome. But if it's a worm sitting there dangling around on it, you know everybody comes up, takes a bite out of it, and it stays there. And the next thing you know, the last guy pulls the whole thing off and it runs away with the whole thing. Yeah. When you use a little piece of spam like that, man, they just come up and. Suck it right in, and there's no fight. I mean, it's like you said. You lose a little heavier bobber, and with a circle hook, all you got to do is just lift it up. Boom! Yeah. I Boom! Mean, when Baby Boy was, uh, I think he was probably about 18 months, that's when we, we took him out with mm-hmm. doing that. And he was every every one. He'd flip it out and pull it in. I got out, two different sizes of G5. I need to know what size you want. Snap the picture off the list. Bow. Uh, okay. Bill, 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 George. Are you there, Bill, Bill, How Bill? How are we doing? We're, we're doing good. What are you doing? I'm bouncing in between cell phone towers. You know, up here in rural Pennsylvania, you don't you don't have signal forever in a day. Well, then why don't you yeah. pull over and actually have a conversation instead of trying to do it at 65? <laughs> well, George is driving at the moment. Oh, okay. So uh, I don't. We talked about your uh, your road pickup. Is that okay? I mean, is it legal? Or are we in trouble? Or what's the deal? In the in the state of Florida, it is legal. I got it right before I left. And so uh, that is legal, but in Pennsylvania, it is not legal for a non-resident to pick one up. Oh, okay, because we are, I, I just, I'm sorry, I just assumed that you were already in Pennsylvania. I didn't know that you picked up we, the deal. We are, we are. I'm, I'm about 40, 30 minutes from uh, the gobbler that's in the yard, and uh, if my buddy don't shoot him before I get there, We'll have a chance at him, but there's two of them in the yard right now. Oh, All see, that. that's I'm, I'm sorry. That's why when you said there's gobblers in the yard, fifty yards away, I thought you were already there. So I'm, that's no, fair. that's fifty yards in front of my buddy. He, oh, okay. See if he pulls the trigger. So. Oh, I got you. I got you. Oh, well, how big a deer was it? Was it a big fat doe, or what would you get? It was get? a big. It was a humongous doe. I couldn't even get my two hands hardly around the back strap. That's how. The back strap was really. She wasn't. Oh was, she, was she with child or no? No. Really, this time of year, huh? Wow, that's amazing. Well, I didn't. I didn't. I didn't open her up. 
she did not have anything she was nursing. Oh, okay. So. Yeah. Well, that's what I'm saying. I didn't know if it was in in uh, in utero or uh, you know. Well, I don't know. That you'd have to ask the garbage man. I don't think he was too pleased to have the rest of the carcass in the garbage can. <laughs> Only Bill George would pick it up. Pull it. Hey, there's a road. There's a uh, there's a rest stop at about another twenty miles. Pull over. I'll go ahead and clean this deer before we hit the road again and get it. Gotta done. get these back straps on ice. Yeah, I gotta get her in and cool her down quick. You, you know what's funny is that it's probably not the first time that that's happened no. to the guy p- picking up the garbage there no probably not so, but uh no i got some alligator with me some shark with me we're gonna have a florida extravaganza up here i guess you are man i mean seriously you got a florida deer florida gator and uh florida shark it's all good cut yep. them back straps an inch thick and let's get the grill going that's right man yep, yep. Well, That'll be hey, nice. listen, y- y'all were talking about Bart Snook. You were going to come back with what bait he was using after the break. And, of course, some squirrel ran across, and uh, y'all followed him somewhere else. That was actually part of the plan because, as we talked about it during break, uh, <laughs> Bart was kind of like going, dude, I really don't want to tell everybody what I actually caught it with and all that stuff. I was like, oh, you know, it's just okay. I mean, it's not, well, like, it's not like I'm hey, – Do you want to know? Do you want to know what he caught it with? Well, no, but let me remind we'll you We'll tell first. you right after the break. If, you, if you're going to apply for alligator, you have through Monday. Oh, that's true. Jonathan, if you want to have a happy daughter or a happy wife, oh, you have to Monday. Ooh. Hello, let me see your back. Yeah, that's yeah, okay. I just happen to know a guy that ends up getting 9 million gator tags. So. Yeah. <laughs> Actually, I think you know more than we'll one. We'll work something out. Yeah. Well, so for the, for the other general public out there, uh, you got until when? Monday at 11.59. This coming Memorial Day Monday t- at 11.59. Dude, that's a... That's yep, better. p.m. All right. Yep. But, well, that that means nobody will remember to do it after this weekend. <laughs> that's yeah. a, it's, it's the worst time you no. can remind anybody because they're going, dang it, if I didn't know to do it tonight. Well, Bill George, travel safe. Call us again next Be weekend because you, you ain't going to be here. All right. All right. I figured Jonathan for a change. <laughs> oh, oh, gosh. <laughs> I'm going to hang up on him for you. All right. Bye, Bill George. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, oh, we hung up first. first. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we got to take a break. We are the Big and Wild Outdoors, and I tell you what, I promise when we come back from break, Bart will reveal the magic uh, 40 over 42 inch nook uh, catching device when we come back. Is that, is that okay? Can we do it? Okay, I got thumbs up. We're brought to you by G5 Feeding Outdoors and Brandon Ford. Stay with us. Welcome back, everybody. It's the uh, Big and Wild Outdoors. Uh, deep into uh, hour number three. Uh, Braden, uh, Jonathan, and Bart. Jonathan's out getting himself some coffee. And uh, Bart is quickly running down to his uh, vehicle because he could <laughs> he knew what it, he knew what it was, but he couldn't remember the color of Coffee's the... Coffee's uh, being brewed. He couldn't remember the color of, what it, of the bait that he actually used. So he's like, man, I got the package down in the car. I go, we'll go get it. So he uh, ran downstairs real quick to go get it. Um, Mother so, of Pearl. So that we'll know exactly uh, exactly what it was. I will tell you this. When we were out, we were doing some wade fishing, and um, I uh, I got a couple of sample packs of the uh, Reaction Innovations. Um, 
and I wanted to try them out. I went, you know what? These things are probably pretty good, you know, out there when it comes to uh, fishing in salt water. I, I would like if it was a solid body. I don't really need the, the weedless portion of it, although you could do that with a, a solid body bait. These are split down the middle, so um, it makes it a little easier to get that hook, you know, in and around and down and then laying across the back of it or anything like you that. Know, if uh, One thing I've noticed with guys like y'all that fish more than I do you are kind of like wine people. <laughs> this, okay. This 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 I lo- I really like the taste of this, but it could be more full bodied. It could have a. <laughs> I, I can uh, seriously. See, I can see where you would say that. I, I've never heard that analogy put that way, but that's uh, pretty true. But uh, the baits that I had, uh, I got were the uh, Reaction Innovations. They were the uh, Shiver Glide, right. which is a uh, is a bait. That kind of looks like uh, the the shad that everybody makes, you know. Uh, Tell him you're not supposed to be running this early. But the thing is, is that what makes it a little different is there's actually little pictorial fins on it that actually kind of flap in the water a little bit, and the tail is not vertical; it's actually horizontal, like a porpoise. So it, it actually acts a little differently in the water. And so Wait, I was, I'm actually going to see a demonstration. I was actually using the uh, the nice. white color of that bait, and I wasn't doing jack crap. And I was throwing, 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 nice. throwing, throwing. Didn't do anything. And so Bart on the other end of the uh, the little island there at the tip of the point, he goes out and throws his bag of the shiver shad. And uh, next thing you know, he hooks up in a forty some odd uh, inch snook. Uh, I can die a happy man now because I actually made your had your brother speechless for about thirty seconds because I said to me nowadays fishermen are a lot like wine people. That, yeah, you know. I, can, <laughs> I said I, I can see it. I've never heard that analogy. You know that we get picky about certain things and oh yeah, dude. Yeah, and so the one that you had that you just ran down to the car to get. I'm still out it, of breath. I know you are, but it is the uh, it is the shiver glide. Yep. And but what color is that? Is that uh, Houdini? It is the Houdini color. Is so, that what it is? Yep. It's uh, we were we were definitely fishing uh, in some brackish water, so you had a little little bit Let's of see stain. Now you see it. me. Now you don't. Now you see so, me. Now you don't. Uh, I, I went ahead and just tried to match, uh, you know, the color Whew. if I could. That, that sucker got a little whiff to it. Now. You like the smell of it? That's uh, no. I'm just good. saying I can see what's going on with the fish because Lord, when it went across between you to you, I was like. Whoa, hello. Made you hungry, didn't it? You know, what's funny? Hello. you know what's funny is when I look at this thing from the top, it reminds me of a lizard. Yep. And then when I look at it from the top with the fins out, it reminds me of a salamander. And then when you get to the body of it, it reminds you of a shad. And then when you get to the tail of it, it's a porpoise. Yep. <laughs> so it's like, it's a very unique a mutant bait. fish. Yeah. Uh, but uh, that one right there is the one that... Uh, Got the big old snook and, yeah. and did its job. It's like a, it's kind of what is it, kind of like a khaki color or like a greenish tan. Everybody knows what Does it, it have. Kind is. of the alligator yeah. motion when it's swimming through the water. Or? Man, it was on a quarter ounce jig head, dude. I was bobbing that thing over the grass. He was. Uh, he put what it number? It had to flip going like this. <laughs> do you remember what uh, what size hook he had on there? Or no, it was just regular jig hook or what? Yeah, no, it was just a jig head. It was a quarter ounce jig. Yeah, and so a J hook on it and just. Bopping it, you know, what got me was that's what I'm was, saying is it's going up and that tail's flipping up in the air. The snook's probably nah. like, This one's messed up, I can get this well, one. That's pretty exactly easy. why it is. <laughs> but here's the thing when I got there, there was a, a school of needlefish that were acting real nervous right when I got into that waste deep water. So I disturbed them, pushed them out of their little hiding spot or whatever, and lo and behold, run away, run away. All about the same size as this was it 
what, five inch, five and a half inch bait. Mm-hmm. So Bart did what everybody tells you to do, match the hatch. Yep. And uh, went out there and whacked himself a really nice uh, snook. Yeah, I'm, I'm. How many of those do you have left? Uh, well, I see a couple in the bag. Well, I've got the one that I'm going to frame um, <laughs> with a picture of the fish. Uh, you know, that's the bad. He thing. didn't get a picture. I, I, I'm wade fishing. I didn't bring my phone. I, I thought this was just going to be a little hop out, pop out kind of a thing. And that's I the first thing I screamed at him around. I go, "Well, take a picture. I want to see it." He goes, "I don't have my phone." And if I was a good brother, sir, I would have walked sir, down there. Sir, do you have a phone? <laughs> well, see, that was the thing. I, was I need your number to, now. <laughs> I was going to walk to you. But then we had that family in between, so yeah. I didn't want to go sit there going, hey, look what I got, guys. You know. No. Well, he caught a snook, too. He caught yeah. one not too short but left. But it wasn't no 40-incher. Oh, my god! Hey, guess what? Yeah. You, know what happened? you know what happens then, even though it might be bull shark bait? <laughs> you pull the stringer out of your pocket, you run it through the lip, and you, yeah. tr- well, with you, this, walk, uh, you, you walk the dog. Well, with, <laughs> with the closures and everything that's going on right now with, uh, with FWC, I don't want to be, uh, I don't want to be the, first, uh, the first guy to get in trouble. You know, not even having it on a stringer in the water. Yeah, and then you're moving it. Uh, yeah, I could see where. I mean, I'm know. only walking 100 yards down the down the shoreline, but still. So I just went ahead, lifted it up, took the picture, you know, mental picture. And that's good enough for me. Oh. Measured it on my kid's arm and then. Uh, I mean, dude, you got to think, what, 30 years of snook fishing and I finally broke the 40 class. So, I mean, yeah. that's. That goes to show you what the average fisherman actually goes through to try to be able to do what they see on TV on an everyday basis. Yeah, that's uh, we always say that. You know, I mean, Jonathan knows firsthand. I mean, he guides out west. He, he's got his place up in North Florida, and uh, sometimes it's really sad because uh, these people who've been on these TV shows and see all the success and the the monsters and the movies and everything, and they walk up and they go, "Well, okay, I'm going out west. I'm going with a guide." It's going to be on private land. So all these same three things that I see on every TV show always ends up with slam dunk like, with a huge giant monster, you know, animal. And I'm sure there's a lot of people who walk out with you out there thinking they have those expectations, saying, "Well, uh, I'm expecting at least a 36 inch." I've uh, been spread. one of those people. <laughs> well, I'm sure about? you have. Well, I'm. I'm I know you have those things, but as a guy who, you know, tromps in the woods every day, uh, yeah. I don't know if you're a blue-collar dude that's hunting uh, the backwoods of Pennsylvania or uh, just tromping through the swamps in Florida. I mean, there's you a, expect something, but, but you expect also not to get anything if you are a hunter. You well, know, yeah. there's, you know a, there's a statement that goes with a lot of things in life, and that is if it was easy, everybody would do it. It's what's hard. The reason why it's well, hard is what makes it worth it. It is easy. It's just not – it doesn't my, guarantee you my that you're actually going to get anything. My favorite one is they, if it was uh, – Easy, they would call it catching and not fishing, and oh, they yeah. would call it killing and not hunting. And that's, you know, that's just the way Honestly, I look at my, it. My, my favorite line is, you can call me anything, just don't call me late for supper. That's yeah. a good one, too. Uh, now, I was going to say that if anybody wanted to uh, get the uh, the uh, the shivers, the reactions ones, I was going to say, uh, at G5, we don't have that color. So I'm going to have to call them and uh, make sure that we have those on the shelf. Yeah, stained uh, water, I mean. Yeah. Because I know we have the sexy shad, and we have uh, three different ones. I think we have another one on there that I don't. I'm not going to say the name on the radio. Yes. And then uh, there's another one too that has a name that I can't say on the radio. 
But um, yeah, every time I look over at your iPad, that one right there always always pops up first. Yeah, that's uh, they do have some very unique names for their uh, for their bait products, and uh, we've discussed it many many times that uh, there are some of these baits that cannot be talked about on the radio, some that can, but uh, that one can. Houdini is pretty easy, and uh, that one would also literally, if you could get it to stay on the bottom. And drag it out there in front of a couple of redfish, that would be a slayer. That's kind of what I was aiming for. I was not going for snook. I was trying to find redfish. That's why I had the gold flake. That right yes. there, that that would be a, a nice little slayer. Up against the mangroves, oh, yeah, that'd be awesome. All right, well, uh, but the thing is, I was going to say, you can't find that bait even on the Reaction Innovations website. Yeah, well, you can't find the shiver on there. It's not on there yet. They are the most horrible company in the world when it comes to updating their website, by the way. And they'll admit that. Whenever we place orders, they always say, just call us. Because what it says on the website, what's in the warehouse, are two different things. So anyway, it is the Big and Wild Outdoors. We're brought to you by G5 Feeding Outdoors. By the way, a reminder, they will be open on Memorial Day. So you can come in and check out some of the great products that they have out there. Get yourself a boat. Get yourself a nice Arctic cat. Get yourself a gun. Get yourself some fish and stuff. Whatever you need, it's all there at G5 Feeding Outdoors. And if you need something to haul all that stuff in... Go see our friends over there at Brandon Ford. They got deals going on all through Memorial Weekend. Welcome back, everybody. Big and Wild Outdoors. Are you going to go see this? I am. Are you going to go see Rocket Man? I was never really a huge fan of uh, Elton John until I saw uh, Tommy back in the day. And that was like uh, this girl I was in love with in a summer fling one time when I was a young kid. I got the new uh, Elton John album, and I think we played that song about 86 billion times. So I you get sick of it before it, it even becomes popular. Yeah. Now now the sound of those violins actually like makes my back teeth hurt. Anyway, so... Scraping the bottom of the barrel for these I, American songs. What in the it. Sam Hill did we walk in on? Elton John. Philadelphia Freedom. <laughs> Who uh, I find it funny is uh, a British guy singing about American freedoms. Yeah, we took care no. of our freedom over 200 years ago. We threw your boats back on the boat. Okay, so it is a big and wild outdoors. Jonathan's back in the studio and Bart's back in the studio. And all of a sudden, he's got really Frenchy vanilla in here. What? Smells like French vanilla in here now. You're darn right. <laughs> the two biggest, burliest guys that go walking around going, "Yeah, can I get a couple of, can I get a couple of shots of that French vanilla in me coffee, please?" No, his is black. He's got black coffee with sugar, but I'm Just sorry, a little bit of sugar. Well, that's because he's got no sleep and he's got uh, work to do today. So uh, he's yeah. got uh, he's got to keep the caffeine. You, you've up. seen my wife, so I'm going to say it to you like I said it to a guy the other day. I like my coffee like I like my women, blonde and sweet. <laughs> I got the blonde. I, I, I got the blonde part right. It just depends on what time of the day it is, or if she's sweet or not. So <sighs> I'm staying out of that. Hey, uh, we were talking about some fishing, and uh, if you're a big fan of the uh, MLF, and that's the Major League Fishing, just so you know, it's been moved. And the reason why it's been moved is because of all the rain and the. You would think it'd be a good thing, but all the flooding and nastiness that's been going on up in Oklahoma. They're actually having to move the thing and in a hurry because it's happening from May 31st to uh, June the 5th. So um, you got over 80 angler pro anglers that are yeah. out there, and so they're scrambling to get it all moved they, over from one lake to another. They have like 
four hours of that stuff on TV. I honestly, I really like that format better than the old school Bassmaster Classics and stuff like that. Um, you know, don't get me wrong, but I, I like the format of you know quick elimination elimination rounds. Well, they're doing it. What is it? They do it uh, differently. They do it. Uh, it's like a catch. Well, they do way. head to heads too. It's or a catch way. Yeah. Uh, it's a catch way, and then immediately release type format instead of. You know, bringing them in in bags and uh, throwing them in a laundry basket. Oh, yeah, you know, I mean, it's stuff. healthier for the population. But, I mean, they have penalties. Like, if you uh, you try to flip the bass and it hits and the boat, deck of the yeah. boat, you know, you lose a half a pound or whatever it is. And that could end – or an ounce, you know, a couple ounces, which could end up costing you the entire championship. I, I think to, there comes a point, though, where it gets to be more about uh, – technique and all that other stuff and then it is about the fishing aspect of it and i don't know when i see the new way that they run these things it's kind of like it's not as entertaining because they really don't fight the fish there's really no uh you know there's it's you know it's the difference between watching like bill dance and then watching competitive fishing yeah, but, and it's it's just not the same and yeah, uh, you but know bill dance was the king of no matter if it was a quarter pound fish i mean that rod would be doubled over and he's swimming it back and forth thinking making you think the fish was still fighting him he's moving the fish in the water yeah, I, I i know that you probably never have but i have fished with a uh, competitive bass fisherman before oh, yeah. in a bass tournament and uh, I know that some people live and breathe for it, but f- for me, yeah. it was the most uh, unfishing fishing I've ever done in my life. And it actually yeah. wasn't very enjoyable to me because I went out there to go fishing. Yeah. And I was not used to now. Hey, if that's your billywag, if you're a race car driver or whatever, that's all good. If that's what you like to do, then go for it. Because, I mean, dude. It- was he one of those people where he got to a spot through 10 casts, and if he didn't catch anything, you were. If, you, it up if, he, if he didn't get a sniff within 15 or 20 seconds, that, that big giant motor was fired up and we were screaming across the lake at 100,000 miles an hour yeah. to another spot. And I, I came to fish. I didn't come to go on a boat ride. And, of course, I'm fishing the back of the boat. He's fishing the front of the boat, which means that I got to keep up with him. And as soon as we would even start gliding into an area, he was on the front of the boat. But, bam, dropped that trolling motor. It was already fired up before it hit the water and it was gurgling we were on our way and we'd go down a weed line he'd flip jig flip jig flip jig flip jig flip jig pull the thing back up slam it down on the front jump in fired up real in let's go I was like I didn't catch nothing all day and I was like this is just not fun well, I mean, you're up against a time crunch, and I mean, it's that, uh, you know, I guess the adrenaline of, uh, you know, being driven to try to accomplish a goal in a certain amount of time, but yet most of the people that are watching that show are not driven to accomplish a goal in the same that's amount why, of time. That's one of those sports where uh, if you are uh, a guy who loves and breathes and does it, I mean, it's like the, you know, Chase and Chase Hubble, you know, those guys, uh, you know, they live and breathe fishing. Yeah. And, and uh, and they're tournament fishing. dollars for a truck, $60,000 for a boat. Yeah. Win, win the $150 prize at the Bass Club down the way. But, Priceless. But, but I mean, <laughs> it's, you know, I remember the old days. I hate to say, you know, remember the old days because it wasn't that long ago where, you know, you had guys show up in John boats and, you know, they're out there and they bring, you know, one or two poles and. And they fish along a bank and they get there because they know what time they got to be back. But they also take their time and they go to their good spots. Whereas these guys who've pre-fished it for two or three days and all of a sudden they jump behind that rocket ship and they're screaming across the water. And it is true, man. They get there. It's... 
They go through five different baits in about uh, four or five minutes, and if there's nothing sniffing or nothing, this it, 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 one oh, oh, talking about professional fishing, best movie ever to watch, Bait Shop. <laughs> Is that with Bill Ingvall? Know, the Bailey Ingvall and yeah. Billy Ray Cyrus one. <laughs> I've seen that one. That's actually. <laughs> That's a good Sunday movie. That Sunday makes well, it makes movie. me think about what you're talking about because if you ever have you ever seen the movie, yeah. what makes me laugh about that is you got Billy Ray Cyrus, Mister Big Time, Big Money Fisherman. You know, looks like a NASCAR guy. Uh, exactly, and then you get <laughs> you know, and then you get Bill Ingvall, it's John Boat that they mount a recliner in and everything else, and he kicks so, his butt. So yeah. it's all good. You know, it's just. It's and you know how many you, guys that you know that are like that? They've got the little busted up looking John boat with the sure. twenty horse handheld hand drive motor on the back, and like you said, they've got the troll motor that they found from somebody's garage sale or something like that, and they just go out and just destroy everybody. I, I pulled a motor out of an old drill and put it back in well, there, and so can, uh, the answer to that is they've taken the time to pattern out the fish. Well, that's it. And they, and they know fish that lake. That, yeah. you know, well, that's I it. Mean, that body of water. Well, it's one of those things where, uh, you know, some people are going to love it and some people ain't going to like it, but it's, uh, for me, it was just, it was just not that much fun. Mm-hmm. I mean, I mean, it was a fun day on the water, don't get me wrong, but uh, the it was not fishing that I'm I'm used to fishing. And, and taking uh, your time, actually working, you know, because yeah, okay, we worked this weed line, but did you go into that creek or did you check that that stump over there? Or did you know? Well, the fish aren't here; they're not here. Well, they could be five feet over there. Yeah. Well, you know? but it's just. Uh, and how it many times? How many times have you done that? I know when we used to have a place on Lake Weir, we do the same thing. You'd go down a grass line one way, and we'd turn around and we come back. We would fish it twice at yeah. least, because I don't know how many times. That little cut in or whatever right there that you threw a bait in five minutes ago, five minutes later you throw a bait in there and guess what? There she sits. Well, I yeah, mean, maybe maybe it took a little <laughs> bit of time for that bass to make it through the grass to get to that spot. Yeah, exactly. To find the bait and yeah, then exactly. You pop it in there again. It's like, oh, there you are. Yeah, I heard the noise earlier. Now where are we yeah. at? I mean, well, you know, snorkeling and and then swimming in the creek out there in Texas, it was deep and we had a lot of grass line. Well, I decided to go swim through the grass at one point in time. That's where I found all the big girls. You know, I'd go, I'd literally go move the He's grass. He's talking about bass, people. Yeah. He's talking about bass. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, just move the grass Aaron's out of the way. Aaron's face is priceless. <laughs> Everything's bigger uh, in Texas. Uh, honestly, you find out. Skulking those. through the weeds and came upon some big girls. Yeah, Hello, you know, ladies. In the middle of nowhere. You mostly find those tubing down the Guadalupe. <laughs> yeah. Oh my gosh! I just uh, it was not my cup of tea, and I, I hey, if you do it, I mean, uh, you know, Randy Pax did it for many, many years, and uh, you know, but it's a club fishing type thing, so the atmosphere is a little bit different. Where, as in these big tournaments like this one, man, it's just go, 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 go. I mean, it's rocket ship. Well, like be. Mark from Southeastern Tackle and all them, that's what they did. Oh, I know, and uh, he'll tell you, man, it's it's. It's not fishing. No. It's working. I mean, it is working. I mean, it's the same thing in the restaurant world. Yeah, we're cooking, but it's not cooking like you cook at home. It is, we got to go, 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 go. There is no time to stop and take a break. The, so it's not dumb with love. Oh, no. The guy, there's plenty the, of love in it. And anger. <laughs> and, and anger. <laughs> and spite. It's kind of like guiding. <laughs> yeah. Love, anger, and spite are all on that plate, dear. Enjoy yeah. it. Yeah, it's a plethora of palate, you know, flavors on your palate. There. Well, speaking of spite, an animals, animal rights, uh, rights group has uh, sued the uh, Trump administration. A uh, lawsuit is to um, force Trump to protect the endangered species nationwide. 
of course, I love that. That's how they start their lawsuit. It says it aims to force the Trump administration to protect species nationwide. But the ones that are suing them, all the animals are around uh, San Francisco. I mean, like I was going to say, what uh, what endangered species that is not already protected? Uh, these are all the ones that are around San Francisco, and they're blaming everything on Trump for all the things that are disappearing. And it has, of course, nothing to do with the population or the way that the city is run or anything else. Or like the that. lack of controlled burns and the out of control fires that basically wiped everything out. And, you know. Yeah. Well, it's one of those things I'm where. Sorry, uh, I shouldn't say that. No, you're perfectly in your right to say that. I'm going to I'm gonna go down the list here, and I'm going to ask you if uh, maybe building. Uh, uh, streets and houses and roads and everything else would have any effect on these such creatures when we come back. Is that cool? Yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll just give you the name of the creature and you'll say, has it been affected by, you know, I don't know, maybe the growth of San Francisco? It better not be a pack rat. <laughs> I don't see that on the list, but it might be. <laughs> uh, when we come back, we'll, we'll go down the list. It is the Big and Wild Outdoors brought to you by G5 Feed and Outdoors from Brandon Ford. Stay here. I would rather do Welcome back, everybody. Big and Wild Outdoors. Brady, Jonathan, Bart, and uh, Aaron in the studio today. Uh, Glenn is out playing for the Memorial Weekend. Bill George is playing, too. He's up in Pennsylvania. Uh, Vince is laid up. He's not even fishing this weekend. His back's killing him, so he's out. And uh, Dean is probably playing with his kid and maybe do some fishing in the evening. Because <clears throat> as a uh, Floridian, especially a West Coast Floridian and a Central Florida Floridian, we know that uh, uh, this weekend especially is a time where you really... I mean, you can go enjoy the water if you really have to, if you got people visiting, but for the most part, you won't see me near the water till around uh, 7 o'clock in the evening. Yeah. Perhaps around there. Yeah, that's about what time we've been going swimming pretty much every day. You know, I've been getting asked at 2 o'clock in the afternoon, can we go swimming? I'm like, no, too hot. No. <laughs> 7 o'clock in the evening. I'm not not talking now, about, kids. Just, not now. I'm not talking about the fishing part of it. I'm talking about also uh, just the, the removal of humans off the water. Uh, yeah. It seems to do it. Uh, before the break, we were bringing up this uh, little animal rights group has sued the uh, Trump administration for the protection of endangered species nationwide. But all these animals that they have listed are uh, around the San Francisco Bay Area. <clears throat> and uh, I just wanted to go down the list and say maybe the fact that San Francisco uh, is it is what it is and the way people live there and uh, – we were talking during the break. I said, you know, don't get me wrong. I don't I don't hate the state of California. No. I, I mean, I've been to California many, many times. My children love California. Mm -hmm. They love the fact that they could be in Fresno, California, and you can in in 30 minutes you could be in the middle of farmland that looks like West Texas. I mean, it's pickup trucks, cowboy hats, uh guys working in the field, tractors, everything else, and you wouldn't even know you were in California. Yeah. You could drive a mile, uh, you could drive an, an hour that way, and you could be up in the mountains and actually be in five feet of snow. Mm -hmm. And then you could drive the other way for about two and a half, three hours, and you could be right there on the Pacific Ocean. Yeah. So, I mean, don't get me wrong. California is a beautiful, beautiful state, but it's run by some of the most unintelligent human beings, I think, that have ever even uh, been allowed to breathe air on our planet. I mean, seriously. Yeah. 
Uh, you just look at the gas prices out there in California as compared to anywhere else in the state. And, uh, you know, you're looking at $5 for a regular, $5.40, $5.50 for regular gas and almost 6 bucks for a gallon of diesel. And you can say, well, it's California's population, but California literally, I had to go look this up because somebody brought it up on social media. California pumps almost as much, if not more on certain days, oil out of the ground as Texas. Yeah. I mean, people don't realize that L.A. was once a gigantic oil field. There's still oil derricks out there. There's still, you can drive through there, you'll see them pumping out all the time. But uh, they produce. So it's not the fact that they don't have gas there because they produce, uh, what was the, it was like uh, 2.8 million uh, barrels of gasoline a day, per day. Now, a barrel yields about 42 gallons. Of, of refined gasoline. So you do the math. Yeah. So it's not the fact that they don't have gas. It's just the fact that they're taxing themselves. That's, into oblivion. Yeah, that's what but, to say. It's the fact that they've gone and raised the taxes because once they start getting it out of well, you, they they're going to keep getting it out Well, of they got to be able to fund, uh, you know, their, their suits, uh, you know, and all of these different programs they've got to, uh, you know, to protect the wildlife and the natural flora and fauna of California, but yet not understanding how, Nature really works. Well, the thing is, is if you would, uh, you know, they hate the federal government, but yeah, but when they when they don't get it the way they want it to be, then it's the federal government's fault. I don't see the state of Florida seeming to have that same problem when it comes to managing its wildlife or its protected areas and stuff like that. RFWC does a tremendous job here, and as much as I beat up on Swift Mud, you know, they do a pretty good job at what they do as well. But uh, I will say this. That every one of these creatures that I have listed on their list as a background that they blame Donald Trump for the decline in seems to be a species that if they would take some of that money that they're spending on not cleaning up human waste on the streets, then maybe they would uh, be able to uh, perpetuate the life cycle of these animals and plants. So let's just go down the list. On the species of their uh, lawsuit. The ones that they say that the Trump administration is not protecting, even though they live in their backyard and not down in Mira Largo. Now I got a question: Are these uh, are these animals? Um, you know, are they already on an endangered species list? They were actually on a list beforehand, uh, but of course they get said that Obama apparently did a great job at protecting them. But for somehow in two and a half years they've just gone the way of the dodo. So that's what I don't understand. Uh, so the first one on the list is the long fin smelt, which is a fish, of course. It right. used to be abundant in uh, San Francisco Bay Area and the Delta. Delta, uh, supported by a number Already of commercial a number of commercial fisheries because of poor management. Now, because of poor management of California's largest estuary ecosystem, it has allowed the excessive water diversions and reduced freshwater flow into the long fin smelt, and they, of course, suffered catastrophic declines in the past now, 20 years. Now, my question is, a long, long fin smelt, is that a, uh, is that a freshwater fish or is that a saltwater fish? Saltwater fish. Okay. So do you think that the rise in sea lion population might have, a, might have an effect on that? Mm-hmm. No. What they're saying is uh, for the past 20 years, it's the fact that they've been uh, diverting too much fresh they, water oh, into well, When you said uh, that, I was bay. just about to ask, did they have the Army Corps engineers come out and put a dam up right where it shouldn't be? 
Now, if you oh, just, I'm sorry, I should have said that. Oh, yeah. If you heard the magic words in there, it's the suffered catastrophic declines in the past twenty years. But yeah. somehow or another, it's, it's, yeah, it's, it's the Trump administration's fault. Right. Uh, Sierra Nevada red fox lives in the remote high mountains in the Sierra Nevada Cascades, uh, California, and Oregon. So they say uh, that is basically due to the decline. Uh, because of logging, grazing, poisoning, trapping, and off-road and over-snow vehicles. Only around 70 adult foxes are known to survive in California. Again, mm. that didn't happen in two and a half years. No. And if, uh, if that is really the case, then why isn't California stepping forward and taking matters into their own hands? The Puerto Rican Harlequin Butterfly. Wait. A small butterfly associated with the rare soil types they like related to the nectar plants. Um, needed for feeding. So, but uh, but they're they're Puerto Rican. Uh, <laughs> it says only a handful of. Stop it, you racist! I'm sorry. No, it's completely on the other side of the country. Only a handful of the individuals have been seen in recent years, and the butterfly status following Hurricane Maria is unknown. So, uh, Hurricane. So it's an invasive species. Yeah, I don't know. It just says that it's uh, the Puerto Rican harlequin butterfly. It could just be the name of it. You know, uh, the Eastern gopher tortoise, uh, the gopher tortoises in Louisiana, Mississippi and Western Alabama are protected under the endangered species act. But those in Western Alabama, uh, un unfragmented long leaf pine forest to survive. They severely threatened by development caused by habitat loss and fragmentation, which mm -hmm. limits its food availability. But that's not California. That's in Alabama. Yeah, and of course, uh, that right there is crushed on their burrows during construction, run over by cars, or shot. I don't know anybody goes out and shoots tor tortoises anymore. Do you? No, ever since, uh, was it Florida put uh, not their, really. their protection yeah. on the go for tortoises? They pretty much became off limits except for to be able to watch them and look at them. There are too many hogs running around in this state to be worrying about no dang eating a turtle. Show. Uh, the Hermes copper uh, butterfly, brightly colored butterfly, its survival depends on its host plant, the spiny raspberry, and uh, occupied many coastal areas along Southern California prime to development, urbanization. Mm. It's not limited to a small number of foothill areas, uh, about a 45 miles from the ocean where it remains threatened by urban sprawl, fire, and of course the end of the world. Climate change. Yep. We got 30 seconds. We got to wrap it up. The Berry Cave Salamander. Don't know nothing about it, but I'm sure they're delicious. And the uh, Marion Boracoa. It's a scrub. It's a plant that uh, apparently uh, first started on the St. John's Virgin Islands. Nice. So it's another over. invasive species. Yeah, and of course they blame that one on urban sprawl and climate change too. You notice that there's a kind of a recurring theme in there. Yeah. Anyway, we're going to uh, see you guys next Saturday. Don't forget the Panfish Challenge. Go to PanavistaLodge.com. Book your cabin. Book your boat. Go ahead and register for the fishing tournament. It's going to be fun. It's going to be frivolity. And uh, it's a good place to turn the kids loose and let them be kids. Let Amen. them get dirty. Let them get cut. Mm -hmm. Let them get stinky like Food, fish. fun, and fellowship. It's going to be freight, freight, freight fun. Thank yeah. you, Mark, for coming in. Yeah, absolutely. Everybody stay safe and aware and hydrate out there this weekend. It's going to be fun, but uh, enjoy it and be be careful. Thank you, Jonathan, for showing up. Yes, Thank sir. You, All right. We'll see you guys next Saturday. It's Big and Wild Outdoors. Brought to you by G5 Feeding Outdoors. and Brandon Ford. Bye, guys. G5 Have a great weekend.